We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. She is Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And you're tuned into another week in another episode of Brunch Culture, the podcast where everything is up for discussion. Boom, 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 boom. And that came out really different <laughs> than I had imagined. I didn't know what that was, yo. I didn't. Boom, 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 boom. I, I was, I was, I don't know. It, it really sounded different in my head. It came out different. I anticipated, and I apologize, y'all, because that was random. You know, I I feel like that part of, like, after the intro, it's still a little, it's a gray area, right? It is a gray area. Yeah, it's a gray area for you kind of to do, you know. It's just just whatever, right? Just, I don't don't know. We just kind of, we here. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's that's Yeah, I didn't, I got to get better with my sound effects. So, (laughs) it just... You'll take some beatboxing class. <laughs> I used to actually think that I was going to be like a beatbox. Like, poof, 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 poof. I was like, oh, I can do that. And then I saw, um, I forget, maybe I saw like something on, on HBO of people that actually did it. And I was young and I was like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, wait, I can't do that. Do they that. like practice? I mean, do they have to do some like exercises with their. I'm assuming you need to have some sort of like like flexibility and and being able to do multiple things like make a sound with one part of your mouth but yeah because they get fresh be doing it with his like neck and stuff yeah Ooh, it's yeah. real it's a it's a lot of stuff like i actually in my mind i was like oh i can do that that's easy and then you start seeing people make all these crazy sounds and beats and it's con- the timing of it too is consistent so it's like they might have one little sound that go here in the beat and then they can make it sound the same exact way and i was like oh i'm not that good at it okay all right all right well you know so let's go on to yeah. something else I'll... i used to think i was good between that and beating you know on the table with on the table <laughs> yeah yo i feel like so i was like i was i was really talented we but all really we were yeah i like mean you beat. always think you're t- you always think you're talented when you do it yourself but we have to do it in front of other people and they show you their talent do you realize how talented you aren't? Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, oh. I, I, I really used to think this. I was really good at basketball. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm good. I know how to put it between my legs. <laughs> Until I had joined a basketball team and I realized I wasn't that good. I was good at playing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't good. Like, and that's when important. An actual... <laughs> person blocking me <laughs> right that's important though you know what <laughs> i did i was second string i started in one game started in one game i played play hard that's all right though you know you gotta you, it's it, it really it really is interesting i remember hearing somebody say like when a person is really good at something they make it look easy and that's why so many people get inspired by it because you really do feel like it don't take a lot. So if you look at, uh, I don't know, like Michael Jordan or like Michael Jackson, you see these people that are really great at what they do and it's like, dang, I can do that. But then when it comes actually time to do it, you'd be like, oh, wait, I gotta do what? 
and I got to do this. I got okay. All right, no, that's actually I remember did as I a kid. Tell you about the time I thought I was gonna be a female rapper. You did, yeah. I think you told us about. That. You told us yeah. You you and I always had my outfit from one of the park that I went to wear. <laughs> now it's never. <laughs> Never be conceptualized. It's not even around. I really want to wear pink Air Force Ones. Lisa, so uh, on, on the Jean last episode, did you like shed a tear, yo? Like the last episode of 106 Park, you shed a tear because it's like my dream came materialized, yo. Like, I had a rec- my record label was supposed to be called Pinnacle Records. And we were going to do, <laughs> do the rock sign, but that uh, it was already taken. <laughs> I love it, yo. <laughs> I had dreams. I also I thought <laughs> that somebody was gonna find me in Turtle Creek and see that I was so talented oh, because God. I used to play basketball every day. <laughs> and the fact that we didn't even have a real hoop, we had the Fisher Price it wasn't even like right the right height. It was like made to make you feel. Good. That's why I was so good on it. Gosh, that's hilarious, yo! And I was like, man, they gonna discover me playing Missy Art. <laughs> I never. That got is discovered. hilarious. That's probably that's about as bad though as me. So when I was a kid, I was enamored with Power Rangers. And there was this one, I think it was like the second major film of Power Rangers. They had a kid that was in it that was a Power Ranger. And I remember watching an interview and he said he was just, it was him and his mom. They were walking in the mall and like one of the producers came up to him and asked him, he had on his karate suit. And so one of the producers asked him if he uh, did karate and if he was interested in auditioning for a role. And so they went and auditioned for the role and then he became the first like, kid power ranger and so mm-hmm. like from there i just knew i was gonna be discovered to be a power ranger like i i, I used to wear my uh <laughs> every time we would like go to the gas station or the grocery store i would have my um my karate outfit on and i would have my belt like tied around and i would make sure that i <laughs> did like certain poses or do like a roundhouse kick <laughs> Cause in my mind, I was gonna be discovered too. <laughs> you was just you was the next you was, was the next big thing. Yeah, I was I was I just knew it. I was like, you know what? Because I've always loved music and entertainment, so I was like, this is gonna be great. And then, so what I'll do is once I get on, then I'll tell them I show them I can sing too. So I'll be like, you're singing <laughs> Black Power Ranger. Like I had it like in my mind. That's how it's going to work. Mommy's like, boy, take that off. Put it. And I'm like, ma, I got to wear it. This is how they discover people. Like, <laughs> you get discovered like this, yo. Like, I, yeah, I was yeah. all about it, yo. I, Kids have such vivid imaginations and dreams and everything seems so simple. Because so I really, you know, you think you hear these stories. You're like, I'm going to get discovered. You know, I'm just as good as anybody in the NBA, right. and you like I'm just I could get discovered. You know, they just gotta see me. Yeah, they just gotta I see me s- in my karate fit and see me do this roundhouse kick. Cause I remember one of the karate instructors used to always tell me that he was like, "You have a real power in your kicks." He was like, "That's your lethal weapon." Oh shoot! <laughs> I just I was like, wait, 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 y'all go because I you know I think they have the you break the wood. And so mm-hmm. they were like preparing me to be able to do it, and I did it one time. You couldn't tell me it was done after that. I talked about that joke 
for forever. Like, oh, I can break wood with my gig. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's real. No. It was real crazy. It was real. You gotta have dreams, right? You know? that's, that's, you gotta have dreams, and you know, that it's some things you just like. You just don't. It's there's no explanation for. Uh, like this whole situation with this Jesse Smollett. I don't know what's going on, and I have no idea why he would even make something like this up. That's why I have a hard time believing like that he made it up, yeah, unless right. he just like it. Just it really is a lot. Like if he did make this up, this is really like on another level. Right. Like some right. really different type stuff like that we haven't seen before in recent time. I can't fathom, um, like you said, I can't fathom what the motivation would be. I, that's what that's really what I I get stuck on. Um, and like even before that, it for me it was just kind of. It seemed so easy for people to believe that he fabricated this, and that's what gave me like it made me uncomfortable, and it kind of gave me pause because it was kind of one of those things for me of like, yo, like. Before the actual police, uh, Chicago PD actually said said it, there was like a story that was apparently a hoax where they were saying like, oh, it was false allegations, it was false allegations. And then the, the Chicago PD had to come out and say like, hey, we never said that. Like, that's actually not, that comes from, in quote, sources. We never actually said that. So for me, but even then, it just seemed like people were running with this idea. People started to run with this idea that it was fabricated. So based on that alone, I was just like, uh, I don't, I, I, I this, you, I need to see, tell me what evidence it is, right? And even now, like, now they've actually said, and they was like, you know, they have sufficient evidence to believe that he was a part of, like, orchestrating it. And I just don't, I can't understand. Why? Yeah, like, what's the motivation? What does he get out of this, right? Like, <laughs> what I... The only, the only thing that I can think of, if the, he did fabricate this, is, like, he feels like our president is... Obviously, our president is divisive, and he wants to like highlight that. Um, and maybe he was like, "That's a way to highlight it." Um, I don't know, but still, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. There are plenty of illustrations that I really that you happy. can use to highlight. Yeah, like I don't necessarily know that you need to make up anything to like. You know what I mean? And I think to me, also, the biggest problem is, and I would think that anybody would see it is. Hey, if if it comes out that anything like this is fabricated um, and we see what's happening now. Right. So you have uh, the commander in chief actually tweeting or his son tweeting these these statements of, you know, where is where, what happened now? Like you guys are so you should be involved, like focused on running the country. Right. And fixing all these other major issues that we have spending time to kind of tweet about the possibility of uh, this being false. It just seems like you ain't got better things to do, you know? And then also, also hearing too, that the whole claim that the person, cause I remember one of the biggest, biggest things that I heard um, when it first kind of came out was uh, the person, the people were wearing like MAGA hats and screaming like MAGA and stuff like that. And, appa- and apparently in like Jesse Smollett's interview, he said, that's not true. He never said that. And so for me, it's like this story it just from jump has been kind of 
misconstrued. Yeah, it's so many like misconceptions about it. And when it just reminds me too in the day of social media, we really have to be mindful of what we read because I think sometimes you can read an article from like a journalistically uh credible source and then you go to 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 Twitter or Instagram and then you read something else and it's kind of easy to forget where you got what from because you see it so much and I feel like even with this whole thing about like it could be potentially a lie um I feel like we see we see it so much on social media that people start to it goes from Maybe it could be a lie to it is a lie. Like I've seen so many posts from people being like, oh, it's messed up that Jesse Smiley would do this. And it's like, yo, we don't know that this is a lie. Right. And I'm hard pressed. Just just think about it. Y'all just take two seconds and think about it. What is homeboy getting out of like Fox? They debunked the whole idea that he was being written out. Like there's like, yo, he's being written off the show, which was the claim of why he did it. And it's like, no, that's not true. Um, and still, what would that do? I don't understand how that would get him to a, a stay on the show. I think they were they 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 were trying to make the claim that it would be a sympathy a sympathy move from him, or he would expect mm. to have like a sympathy move. Like, also y'all are just getting ready to write me off the show and look at this that happened to me. I got beat and you know like assaulted uh, based on you know the notoriety that I got from the show. So it's almost like a well, let's feel bad for him and keep him. But to me, that I'm like. I feel like obviously that's a stretch. I don't think that that's the case. But once Fox came out and said, hey, that that's not a thing. We didn't say that. We don't think that this is this is not it. I just it kind of was was like, okay, so what really would be the motivation? Is he getting not like he getting no money from doing this? It just it seems really awkward. Yeah. The only if he if this is fabricated, the only explanation would be maybe he has some kind of issue mentally. Like that would be the only thing that would make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but that I, would be like the, the, but even that would still be extra. I don't under, I would, I don't get any, there's no scenario in, to me that this makes sense. Right. Because it, even for it to be orchestrated, right. It's not just him. I think that's the thing. Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't just be him that was involved in this. There are multiple other players. I mean, the two guys that were the attackers, they would be involved in it. I, I, I don't really know. That that seems like a lot for one person that would maybe have, like, you know, some sort of issues going on or somebody that's just trying to get attention to themselves. Everybody, there's a lot of buy-in that you got to get in order for this to happen. So I don't know. It makes me real uncomfortable, and it makes me honestly just disappointed that it seems like people are so easy to believe uh, that it is false. And I, I think my biggest issue is, and I know I know it's not a fair comparison, um, but I saw a comparison of Jesse Smollett versus like R. Kelly. And it was like, fam, you legit got people that watched that entire series that we even did a show on and walked away from it saying like, well, if he did. And it was like, fam, (laughs) at this point, we're infusing if in the conversation. Like, come on, man. Like, let's. Yeah, it just I don't know. I don't really I don't like that fact. And and, and Ava DuVernay, she actually uh, posted a tweet. I don't. I don't have that specific language, but she was essentially saying that um, 
you know, I am going to withhold uh, I'm going to withhold my comments uh, and, and be skeptical with good reason of the Chicago Police Department, that we have evidence that they have, um, you know, covered things up in the past. And so what makes the potential of this situation any different? Um, I think that for me is kind of one of those things of like, okay, all right. And obviously, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be biased just in general. But I'm I'm very slow to think that somebody that I I mean, somebody would just come up with this whole thing. Not that, you know, anybody's incapable of doing anything like I'm not going to put it past nobody. But I just I don't know. I'm real hard pressed to see the value in doing so. Yeah. Yeah. It don't make sense. Speaking of the Chicago PD, did you see they have uh, a new tape, Michael Avenatti of R. Kelly? Um, yeah, I just I actually just read that early earlier today, um, and they're supposed to be uh, I mean convening like a grand jury to decide like what to do with it. Yeah, because it might be outside of the that is there statute of limitations? Is that the word? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. The word. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully we can finally um, get R. Kelly prosecuted. And get it over with. Gosh, I'm tired, yo. I, I'm just really, <laughs> yo, it's, I'm, I'm really tired. I was, there was a conversation that somebody was having that disagreed with the whole mute R. Kelly movement. And it's just, I was like, yo, this is draining, man. At this point, this is draining. And I think also as a, it's a, you're a dude and you got a daughter and you are having this conversation. It just really, it really bothers me, fam. Like feel how you want to feel about, you know, uh, people and the people that's involved and who's responsible. But I just feel like, and I don't even have a daughter. I just have sisters. I feel like as somebody that has a daughter, I feel, feel like my my mindset around this and this guy and what he's doing to young girls would be different so hearing somebody argue that you know you are kelly is just not right and it's not fair and you know people make mistakes and america's so quick to forgive everybody else but won't forgive r kelly and i'm like but fam my boy is not even like taking no ownership for this and this is still happening I don't know if, you know, second chance is going to come when you like, you know what? I've really, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm the worst. This shouldn't happen. Here's what I've done to try to, you know, overcome this or to change. We ain't got none of that. We don't even got an admission. The first step is admitting that you have a problem. We ain't even got that. Like, no, no. So hopefully this will result in fixing some real things. And R. Kelly can, you know. With, uh, was it? Uh, I think it was uh, Jesse Wu say, "Ain't no, I don't see nothing wrong with a little prison time." <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we can get to that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ti says he sees something wrong with Gucci wearing um, Floyd Mayweather. Gucci wearing uh, Floyd Mayweather. Gucci. What did I say? You said T.I. said you don't see nothing wrong with Gucci wearing Floyd Mayweather. What? With Floyd May- Mayweather wearing Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what, 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 what? Floyd Mayweather wearing Gucci. Floyd is out here um, still rocking Gucci. T.I. 
wants us to boycott Gucci. I've been boycotting Gucci. It ain't got nothing Gucci. No, um, not a not a thing. Not <laughs> Gucci a, and Prada. I've, look, been I've been boycotting them my whole <laughs> life and plan to continue to do so. Like, <laughs> Listen, I got student loans. I can't be around here. <laughs> exactly. Gucci, Louis Vuitton, you know Prada. I want to. I, I just want the student loan people to say something <laughs> so we can actually all boycott them. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's the whole business saying something. And we <laughs> we just gotta we, we gotta start we gotta be on the front lines of justice, yo. Like, let's just hey, let's just vote these student loan people. Let's 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 vote them out. Let's. When the shutdown was going on, somebody said, "Can one of these disgruntled employees delete our records?" <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know. This that's I feel like that's supporting illegal acts. So we may let's not incriminate ourselves. But, you know, I don't see nothing wrong with boycotting student loans. Like, let me stop saying this, man. Student loans is a national emergency. And I really would like them to just eradicate it. It would, you know. Let it go. Let it go. Just, you know, take it out. How much, you know, there are some people with student loans. No shade to the people that didn't graduate. They got student loans. But as a reward oh, for us, we think about them, man. Whoa, I never thought about that. Like I, I know as this is real lame. I never thought about people that like have student loans but don't graduate. Like how you pay them? I mean, that, okay. Let's move on. What were you saying? I'm sorry. That's just, that's, that's gonna boggle <laughs> my mind. I'm gonna be depressed thinking like, what if that was me? Like, dang. okay. All right, go ahead. Let's talk. Let's talk. Go ahead. Like, yeah, I. As a reward for us who did, can you just like forgive? You know, I just I don't know. Or forgive all the black people. Count it as reparations. I'm with I'm for that. Can't say that That's I disagree with that one. That somebody can put forth. Let's forgive the student loans of African Americans as reparations. I'm with that. Hey. I like the sound of that. Let's, yeah. That's what, to, that's what needs to take place. I think, you know, that's. Speaking, going back to this whole Floyd May- Mayweather thing, though, somebody made a comment that he made the purchase because he couldn't read what the sign was. And I just thought it was hilarious, yo. They was like, he don't know. He walked into the store. He didn't know where he was at. Anyway, he can't read. So he just walked in the store and just saw a bunch of expensive things and bought it because he could. I was like. That reminds me of R. Kelly can't read and write. <sighs> It's just so much illiteracy going right. on with the wealthy. <laughs> Dang, I didn't even think about that either. Like, we got two fools out it's here doing funny. foolish I'm things sorry. I'm not laughing and cannot read or write. I'm not laughing at illiteracy. I, I, I am, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just the irony in these people taking these strong positions uh against certain things when it's like you have a bigger problem that you should probably be trying to solve like and but ti ti called him out in this whole thing i think ti really been wanting to write a song about floyd mayweather since he saw tiny and them dancing on each other um (laughs) you know because which is funny because she really wasn't even dancing on old boy like she was dancing near him which i'm never gonna you know (laughs) i I remember seeing the video and I thought like Tiny was about to be like bent over all over him. And maybe I didn't see the right video, but literally she was standing like near him 
and she was just dancing by herself and it was a problem. I was like, all right, bro, you we ain't got no legs to stand on here. Toxic like, masculinity because he cheats all the time and he says he's gonna continue to cheat. No, sir. Yeah, I was like, bro, let's let's let this go, bro, because we, we have zero legs to stand on. This video is not incriminating in the least bit. <laughs> you yeah, man. Let let let's let that go. Let's yeah. let that go. Did you even and did I, you listen to the song though? I didn't listen to the song. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I didn't did like, you? No, I just saw. I saw that. He yeah, because I'm just like, dude, you're like, you're too old to be doing this records. I mean, at a certain time, we have to let stuff go. I, uh, I guess I wasn't really interested in hearing it because I felt like I knew what was going to be said, and I also feel like Floyd Mayweather can't respond, so it's not as fun when you can't have. He can't rap respond. back. <laughs> yeah, <he can. laughs> I didn't want. I wasn't trying to be funny, but he probably used a lot of big words. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was just thinking. About. So I was just thinking about I he probably is not going to even it. be able to understand what you're saying in this rap. Besides, like I want to fight, and so yeah, it just wasn't as fun to hear if because it's not going to be like a. It's not gonna be. Yeah, no. it's not gonna. And be and you know, no shade to Floyd because if he want to be a potential donor to my nonprofit, I'm all down. Um, you know, I just need him to be a donor to my student loans. It's really not that much. Oh. I mean, I feel like you can just. You know. In the grand scheme of things, he bought a watch that was eight million. I mean, ten million or something. I, I saw. Even, yeah, I don't even need eight. a million. I don't even need a four hundred thousand. I just need you to. <laughs> yeah, just. Just run me a Make it rain on the student loans. Yeah, yeah. Just come on and just just do it for me. Bless me one time. But he probably won't because if he is this, he's probably like, oh, y'all picking on the fact that I can't read. But I never picked on you, bro. I'm actually here and I I feel like I'm a pretty good reader. And so I can help you uh, get there if you just pay my student loans. That's all. I'm like, help pay student loans. I saw Mark Lamont Hill posted. They had a picture of um, Magic Johnson and um, uh, Michael J- not Michael Jackson because Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. yes uh, and it was like what better? what's better than one billionaire too and Mark Lamont Hill was like what's better than one billionaire uh, tens of thousands of people that have a livable wage and I was like oh there you go yeah that's sucker punch that's true this is very yeah. true. I, I saw the same post. He said something about like you got to change your ch- change your ideas of success or something like that, which is true. Like we get into uh, <clears throat> goes to Floyd Mayweather, right? You have somebody that we uh, celebrate because of his talent, and we also celebrate and respect because he has so much money. And we see when people that have so much money that are removed from the issues and the problems, and that have the luxury of doing so. <laughs> What happens when they do so? And they do things like, oh, well, you know, I'm still going to I'm going to drop millions of dollars on this brand that y'all are saying boycott and further say that it is okay for them to do things that are blatantly disrespectful. Mm, Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that at all. So, yeah, tell us what y'all think about today's mimosas and orange juice. We would love to hear from you. Hashtag chat BC on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And we'll. Oh, tongue tied there. We're interact with you on there we'll be back with our main dish all 
right, folks, and we are back uh, for our main dish. And this week's main dish is surrounding a very, very interesting conversation uh, between Steve Harvey and Monique. Uh, Monique was recently on the Steve Harvey show. Uh, I think the show's title is Steve. Um, It was sometime this week. Was it like Wednesday or something like that? And Monique and Steve Harvey got into a discussion about... The controversy surrounding Monique and and her being labeled as difficult and what happened in the situation, um, what she did to piss off uh, Oprah, Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels, how she got blackballed, how she can become unblackballed, how she handled the Netflix situation, all of those things. She got it. They got into a, a. interesting discussion about those things um on his show and people walked away with a lot of feelings about it um a lot of feelings of just anti-steve harvey like he's just he's a problem um his mindset is a problem um that i saw very few but i saw some people have an issue with monique um and her unwillingness is what i read her unwillingness to hear um another opinion which i don't necessarily think was true um and so it was just it, it was an interesting com- com- conversation there's a lot of things that happened in the conversation that i feel like it would be do us some good to just unpack um because we are obviously our our podcast we focus on being millennials and being millennials that are working and trying to be leaders and trying to create. Um, and, and it's interesting, the conversation, kind of one of the main ideas that came out of the conversation was uh, Steve Harvey's position of, you know, what would he say? We black out here. This ain't the, he, what did he say? This ain't the, it's a, this is the money game. And he was like, we mm-hmm. can't do this. And he was like, we black out here. And so there was this sense of him essentially saying, you cannot do certain things um, and or you should not do certain things in certain ways. And Mo- having this conversation of Monique being like, you know, every bag ain't a good bag. I'm not out here trying to get every bag um, and that my integrity is more important. And, and so that was kind of like the major things was a lot of other stuff that came from there. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. What do you think about it? Oof, uh, honey child, how she talk? It's, it'd be too much. I'd be baby. like, girl, just baby. baby. It's it's, but yeah, if you notice, he was doing it too. Like, he has that very, like, patronizing, like, sugar, sweetie. Uh, yeah, sister. both of them. I was just like, was, both of yeah. y'all just talk regular. Just talk regular. Right. Just do that <laughs> for us in the audience that have to listen to this. One thing I thought was interesting and my friend pointed out, it was like, it was a lot of white people in that crowd clapping on parts they probably shouldn't have been. There you go. There it's it. There it is. <laughs> That's, I mean, it, it was just it, it kind of the conversation was out of the context it needed to be in. Because um, he was like, we black, we can't do that. And it's like, but you got a show that's trying to appeal to white women. Like the the placement of Steve's show, the audience, it seems like he did. It appeals to white women. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. That's the demographic. And and black women as well, but it's it, it does appeal. I've never met a man that said I'm about to watch the Steve show, like. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you know, have right. you? No, no, I don't. 
<laughs> so it, it is a, it is a, and it's daytime so it's you know catered to a particular demographic so right. i the whole we don't play this we got to play the game the line that i think a lot of people were were like the best thing you can do for poor people is not be one of them and it's like two sides of that coin i think he's trying to articulate that i can't help you if i'm at this if i'm in the same socioeconomic status as you um but the way it was articulated i want to assume that's what he meant mm-hmm. um the way he articulated it it came off really shady yeah like it came off really shady that's why it's at like, <laughs> like shady at best <laughs> yeah um especially because he himself talks about how for a majority of his life he was poor so it's like is that the way you would want somebody to articulate to you in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, and him having to live out being homeless and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it was really interesting. I think they left some, you could tell they spliced it up because I know before when they were talking about like the interview, they were like, you know, they almost, he told her to let her husband come out there so he could fight him. Cause he wasn't going to fight a woman. So it's like they you could tell like they spliced some of the conversation up where a lot of the time Steve was talking um, and she rebutted a little bit. But he did cut her off Um, at the end. He said he was going to set up a meeting. I I really doubt that's going to go well. But hey, I don't know. I feel like in private it can go well. I think my issue. uh, Okay, so. Steve Harvey's, I feel like some of what he was saying was not bad. I can agree with it, right? I think to some degree what he was trying to express, and and I'm going to talk about like how I feel like he, what I guess the sentiments that I was trying to gather for him and then where he said something that it just completely went left for me and I was like, yeah, I, I can't agree with that. But essentially what he was trying to say is like, so we all know that there's a political game that exists, right? And I think he, in talking and speaking, there's a one part where he said something that it really didn't make sense. Like, it, I don't even, it became apparent to me at that time that he was trying to choose his words very carefully because he had probably been tapped on by the whatever powers that be, if you will, to have this conversation with Monique and to try to explain to her why what she did was wrong so that she can get back into the good graces and the good fold. Because I think that those people, um, and when I say those people, the Tyler Perry's Lee Daniels and Oprah are probably a bit concerned that Oprah continuously talks about conversations that they have in private and the things that they did wrong or the things that they said to her and agreed with her. And then publicly, you know, they didn't say anything. And so one could assume that they didn't agree with her, but she's talking about, you know, on this day, this person called me and right after this person called this. And so she's given details. So the public just believes you know, you're more apt to believe that what she's saying is truthful because all these other people are leaving you in the dark about it completely. And she's giving you very, very specific facts about it or specific events that happen. So I feel like Steve, it became apparent that he was trying to like choose his war, his words properly. But one of the things I think he was trying to communicate is like, hey, there's this political game that you have to play. And I think initially having before I actually saw the full interview, which I 
again, after watching the full interview, I was like, yo, you really got to watch things in its entirety as opposed to these clips because mm-hmm. I saw a couple clips that real that really really had me bothered and I was still bothered by those things watching the full interview but contextually I wasn't as bothered after watching the full interview or I don't want to say I wasn't as bothered but I kind of had some I could probably understand why this happened so one of the things um okay so I'm going back to it. so I think he was trying to say hey this is a political game you have we have to play it right and so this mm-hmm. is a part of something that in his view we have to play this political game so don't shoot yourself in the foot when you don't necessarily have to essentially kind of choose the battles that you engage in differently more mm-hmm. wisely like yes you can be upset and he didn't say this but yes you can be upset with oprah but you know the impact that oprah has you know the influence that she has don't call her a B word. Don't tell her to suck your imaginary. Uh, 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 what did he say? He used the term private parts, right? Like, don't mm-hmm. don't tell her to do that in a public space because doing that is going to rub her the wrong way. It's going to rub people that support her the wrong way. It's going to further this notion of you being problematic. I got mm-hmm. that, right? Like, I think that's mm-hmm. what he was trying to say. Where he really went left and derailed is when he said, you know, he started talking about you can't stop essentially stopping your bag and like you can't mess it up for your kids and your grandkids because you got to do this for them. And he was like, I'm not going to mess up if I mess up um, because I'm trying to fight for my integrity and I, I, I shouldn't make all these other people suffer because I'm trying to fight for my integrity. Now I'm just paraphrasing it. He did say something about like uh, integrity, but that was essential, essentially the sentiments that he has. I wish I had the transcript of it. But when he said that, I was like, "Ooh, you lost me, bro. No, 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 no. Because you can't, you can't critique anybody because you can't critique white supremacists or anybody. Essentially just saying, I have to sit by here and shut up and accept everything because of the money that comes with it. And I think that is what so many people had a problem with. Um, because at that point you were essentially telling us that, yo, you should just accept anything because you're playing the money game. Right. And so because you got big money and it's big money at stake and now you have enough wealth to feed generations of your family, if you will, you should sit by idly and let things go. That's not the case today. Right. That is just not the case today. I think that perhaps there was a period of time where that made more sense. And I can even entertain the argument that today in some fields, in some aspect, like somebody has to do that. But I think that in the day of social media in the day of people connecting um, that whose voices weren't weren't heard in the day of the lesser than people kind of revolting against the system, if you will, and kind of banding together and realizing that it's more we are stronger together. And even to him saying at the end of the interview, we are the talent. Hollywood needs the talent. If it wasn't for people like us, if we, they removed us from Hollywood, people would lose jobs. I think that same point is like you kind of got to understand the other coin of that, sir, which is you have the power. You have the power, right? And I think that's it. It's like, you got the power, bro. Like, you, 
yes, you. I can hear you saying, I can't just go into the producers, every producer that works on this show or whoever financially backs this show and go curse them out or like talk about them like dogs. Like, yes, I can't do that. I get that. But at the same time, that does not mean that you have to sit by idly and let them do things to you that you believe are extremely wrong and you not even believe you know that they're wrong right and you know that if they do it to you they'll do it to other people but you saying well i can't do nothing because i gotta feed generations of my family i don't know because like i think that while that's important and you don't want to be blackball i think what a message that you want to consider is like that you're not for sale uh family children and grandchildren you're not for sale i think that you know there's certain things that you can play the game but you got to play the game to a certain degree um i think that at the end of the day you got to be able to sleep at night i think that there are things like every bag ain't a good bag all money ain't good money <laughs> i think it's those types of things that you missing bro that you're not saying and that's where the problem um the kind of the crooks of the problem for me kind of came in because i was like oh wait oh i kind of get oh no bro you just lost me like it was like where i could say i see where you're trying to go with this you said that and you just kind of took the whole thing away like yeah yeah so yeah i i it i think that for steve harvey there was an old clip that's been circulating about how he was like if somebody offered him some money, he'd act like a, oh, a monkey. A, yeah. 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 So I think in his mind for him, he was broke so long that that ate away at his <laughs> integrity and sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, whatever I got to do to get this bag. So I won't be poor again. I won't be broke again. Cause that was such a miserable feeling for him. Um, which I think a lot of people are there, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, people say Kevin Hart is the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's this mentality by any means necessary for me not to be in a state of lack right. is that mentality. And, but I do think like what what um, what we were alluding to in the um, Mimosa and Oranges with um, Mark Lamont Hill, it's like we're pushing these things and we have to redefine what success is for us. Right, right. And because it, it's like Steve, he's like he's so adamant about this that he's like he's willing to throw Monique under the bus. And one thing that I don't, or leave her hanging, I'll yeah, say leave that. her like hanging. He left her hanging, yeah. Um, the one thing I don't, I hope I never do this, but I don't like this idea of speaking about people publicly that when I have access to them privately. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just like, she's like, but why you didn't call me? And he was like, well, I got a million things going on. Uh, but you, you had, you didn't have enough going on where you couldn't speak on me in public. Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and for me I to just be feel like sister. friendship, yeah, friendship demands that, that I won't publicly just go on the TV and say, this person needs to do this without actually calling them. Because then what's right. the point of friendship? So, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think, too, that that's kind of the confusion part. What I can say, though, is I I got the sense that a lot of Monique's hurt um, and and not even to say her response, but just her hurt in in, in the 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 situation with Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels and and, and, um, Oprah and even Steve Harvey is that 
these pe- these are people that she has expressed having personal relationships with. I've never heard her maybe having like a I've never heard her detail her relationship with Tyler Perry, but I've heard interviews where she talked about the time that she spent with Oprah kind of like one on one and them sharing like their experiences of being abused and things like that and her family. Um, and then like Oprah bringing her family on her show after Monique saying she didn't want it to happen. It was like a surprise. Uh, her talking to Lee Daniels personally and agreeing to do this film for very little money. Um, simply because she believed in him and she was like, you're my brother and, you know, we have this great relationship. Um, and then it's two for Steve Harvey. Like they have all these years of working together and she considers him a big brother. I think she probably was thinking that they would respond from a close knit emotional place. Like, yo, uh-huh, you got my, my back. back. Yeah. Like you got my back. Cause we tight. And, and uh, like, like, you can't touch level. my back. Exactly. <laughs> and their response was like, when it comes down to it, the money is, was what is king. And so I'm not going to do that. Like I got that sense from her that that was really, that was kind of like the, a, a big issue. I had a problem with her saying something, but I was like, if this is her truth is fine. When she said, she what she thinks the problem is is that she had to learn to dis- agree to disagree with people without being mad and a part of me i guess the part of me that was real uncomfortable when you know the audience was clapping when he said something like we black out here and we can't do that and everybody's like oh and i was like wait wait hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on cuz i mean who clapping like you can't <laughs> Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a lot of white people in this crowd. Exactly. I think you, him making that statement and having the support from people when it seems like Monique is just, just wrong, right? And even, you know, when she was, because in the the beginning, she kind of was a little bit more able to to articulate how she felt about it. Um, And it seemed like, she would get a little bit of claps when she would make a point. But when he made a point against what she said, everybody was just cheering. And so it kind of seemed like, you know, there's this idea and this perception that she's problematic because she is speaking up for herself. And I think that's an issue in itself. Um, I think the way that he was talking to her on, on camera in front of all of these people, I think that posed an issue in itself, it, it, at least for me in that, I, and that's why I was like, so So when I first saw it on social media, I saw I saw a clip where it seemed like she talked and then he talked, right? Mm-hmm. And then I saw the clip where, and that's because I thought that was just it. Because um, it was like two different clips that were t- together in like a swipe. But then I saw the clip where it was really just him talking at her. And then it was the moment where he like grabs her hands and she says, oh, oh, oh. And at that point, I was like, bro, this is real uncomfortable, right? Because you guys, you know, claim yourself to be uh, brother and sister and you're like the big brother that has, you know, the experience and, and, and the years of experience and you can, you know, give her knowledge and drop stuff on her and all this good stuff, right? And so she probably, mm-hmm. and from a relationship standpoint, I think about black people and how we operate with people that are our elders if you will or people that we just kind of look up to right we always maintain this sense of i am going to try to respect you and allow you to give me the knowledge even when it hurts even when i don't want to hear it um or maybe even when i don't like your approach we'll check your approach i'm just going to try to focus on the message and i feel like 
understanding that dynamic, it seems like that's what Monique was trying to do. Um, and so maybe he got comfortable in her taking that position. And so he kind of went in. But I also feel like as an older brother, right, I have younger sisters and I have a younger sister that my younger sister oftentimes, um, I don't want to say oftentimes like she's always a problem, but we'll have conversations that if you if I feel like if people that don't know us will be like, why is he talking to you like that? Right. And for me, it's not like a, and I've definitely scaled back as I've gotten older, but I used to be kind of like, yo, you need to do this. You need to do this and yada, yada, yada. But it was from a place of I I'm bothered that you put yourself in this environment that you were being hurt and I can't stop you from being hurt. So as your big brother, I'm bothered by that. Right. And so in this moment, yes, I probably need to change how I'm delivering it to you. But this is not me disrespecting you as a black woman. This is not me not caring about you as a black woman. This is not me giving other people permission to do it or not seeing that I could potentially do this in a better way. This is literally raw authentic me trying to give you this message and so i was like maybe that's what steve harvey was doing but even in that sense i have learned with my sister i have to give her a different approach i gotta change my approach when how i communicate with her because she is a black woman and because me doing this in such a way tells her that it's okay for somebody to talk to her that way or is not me being empathetic to the fact that when she does speak her mind, people gonna automatically think that she's competitive and she's a angry black woman. And so I kind of got to give her the space to be free and lead the conversation about her and at least get her thoughts out. And so I was like, while I can understand how they, this relationship probably got like this, um, I don't think that it was best to show that relationship on camera because I think what a number of people probably walked away with people that were in that studio audience is that Monique is the problem and Monique is the reason that Monique is in this situation. And I think what I've realized is like agree or disagree with her methods. I do think we need to have a conversation and and what we're not focusing on is how it's possible for somebody that's won an academy award that is extremely talented like a hilarious comedian but also won an academy award for not a comedy for a drama yo like in any other lane or race she would be unstoppable for the most part but somebody that has done that (laughs) right and Mm -hmm. people that we love I don't know if they were, I can't say, I mean, I don't know if they were the exact reason that this happened or if it was a byproduct of other people being mad, but she can attain all of this success and then find herself powerless having to beg to make, be paid a million dollars or not beg, but, you know, argue with people to say that she's worth a million dollars for a special. I think we, the, the bigger, that's the bigger thing that we need to be focusing on. How is that even possible? Right. She has an Academy Award and any other, anyone else that has an Academy Award, I don't care where you go. They always talk about that dang on Academy Award and that Academy, that Academy Award can require them, allow them to demand a certain amount of money. So I feel like we don't realize what the real problem is and people will walk away and say, oh, well, you know, Monique is a problem. Monique is a problem. Like, do I feel like Monique handled everything the the, the right way, quote unquote, or the way that I think I would have? Absolutely not. But do I think that 
the problems that she's speaking of are real problems? Yeah. Do I think Mm -hmm. that if I were her big brother, I got to be strategic in a way that I scold her, quote unquote, in public or the way that I converse with her in public because of what that says about what she's done and what she can or can't do? Mm Yeah, man, we got to be more strategic about that. Because as he said, we black out here. Like, you can't, bro, you can't. It's, it's, it's almost like like he would be saying stuff. And it's, it was like, bro, I'm on, like, I get it. I get it. Oh, no, you done jumped off the cliff. No, that's not it. Like, I was there. Yeah, like, no, nope. we was walking. It's I turn around for two seconds, come back, and you gone. You all the way down the cliff telling people, Oh, okay, we just gotta, you know, I'm not finna be fighting in the integrity battle when it's gonna stop my bag. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? Or yelling at this lady and not letting her talk. Like, she's a guest on your show, bro. Let her get out everything that she needs to say, right? And then be like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, so I let you talk to share your point. Here's specifically where I think this this should have gone differently, yeah. right? And but I, thought, I think he thinks that she's she has a bad attitude it seems that he was giving off the vibe that he thinks she's nice at core you know you ever meet people you be like they really got a good heart but you you know they rough around the edges Mm -hmm. like and so it's like he is like he thought besides this that she's problematic in the way she deals with people because he was like you say i said then love but love should sound like (laughs) love like your love don't sound like love so it, it alludes to the fact that she comes off with a, and I do think now, I do think that husband is a problem. I can see that, and I, I, I've said, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I think that she maybe in herself is can be misunderstood, but I think he elevates it to a place that it may be too much so the reason that i can say that i see that is because i think that when you're with somebody one of the things that they should be doing is kind of playing devil's advocate i also from you know following entertainers from my entire life i have grown to know that management's job is to be the bad guy when it's the artist's job to be the artist And so if I fault him for anything, for me, I fault him with, I want to say allowing, but I would be, I would think, I would like to think that I'd say, so as your management, as your management, let me take the heat, right? Because we going to play this game of, yes, you are a comedian. Yes, you're a vocal, but I want to continuously take the heat for it because I'm, you know, I'm management like it is what it is. We're going to have like these arguments, but I don't want you to come out and to do these things because we are kind of playing this like likability game in today's society. Right. Like there is this game of if people can agree with you. I feel like that's kind of the issue that I would have. I've had with like their approach. Um but not not so much so of I mean I don't know because I, I I feel like the details of what happens I, I I I guess for me I'm thinking as her management he should have protected her or be trying to protect the perception more but then as I'm saying this I'm like well but I don't think that that's what she's concerned with though even as an artist because she's not incapable right like 
I would even imagine that he is some, he's probably more of a co-manager. Like she kind of, you know, she has a lot more input and say because she is a larger artist. She's not like some new artist that's just trying to figure it out. Like she is somebody that's been in the game for a while and has a lot of experience. And I don't know what his background is. So I imagine she does have input. And so he can't be like, well, she can't say this. So I don't know. It's, I, 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 I wonder would... what is she, what is her goal now? Like, is her goal still to change things? Because I think it's like, even with her like initiating things, it seems like it's still like hitting deaf ears. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't seem like she's had a win in her. Like, this. I think this might have been helpful for people to be more sympathetic to her. Yeah. But as far as like the powers that be. Is she really like she might have gained the audience of sympathy from people like that follow her, but like from the powers of B, is she is still expecting because her Netflix boy, boycott kind of didn't go anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like from the powers of B, what are you still in, expecting to happen? Well, I don't like, know. I wondered it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know. She has this, uh, she has a residency in um, Vegas now. I don't know that her um, goal, though, now is kind of like this mainstream success that she once had. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that what I'm getting is that because I remember when all of this was happening, she was still doing comedy shows and she was doing comedy clubs. And uh, somebody had made a comment and she responded to it about, you know, how does she feel to have an Academy Award? And now she's doing kind of that, quote unquote, chitlin circuit that people talk about. And her being like, you know, I was going to be doing this rather even when during that time I was still doing, you know, clubs. I was still doing like my own comedy tour um, and going around the comedy clubs and performing. And so the the goal wasn't necessarily to get out of that that cert that circle um more so as to kind of obviously take opportunities and to elevate so i don't know if she feels like it's not a win and i i guess for me too i also don't think it's a win but i am also a person that loves like quote-unquote chitlin circuit comedians i feel like they're the best honestly i feel like they have kind of like a, a, a raw unfiltered uh delivery that just resonates with me and i think it's hilarious um, so I don't necessarily know if her goal, I think her goal is kind of that commercialized success that she once had. And I think a part of it kind of can come from the fact that she is not like wanting to do that. I mean, she, she realizes that a part of being in that space is having to play this game of, you know, uh, respectability politics to whatever degree that she doesn't want to play, even amongst like other black people, like, she don't want to i don't want i don't want to do that she did say something however in the in the um the interview that i didn't consider and i was like oh so remember when she called like oprah a b um and she was like on stage and she was like they can all suck her private parts that steve harvey said so she said um steve was like that was wrong and she was like richard Pryor told me i can do that and he was like uh richard Pryor didn't tell you you can do that yada 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 but she was like, that is my gift. And she was like, when I'm on that stage as a comedian, that is what I do. Like, I have to be able to give myself in an unfiltered way about my feelings and emotions. And I'm sharing myself in that way. And and, and when she said that, it like, I was like, oh, you know, it's, I hadn't even thought about that. But we kind of give other, not kind of, we do give other comedians that right. Like people that may 
um, say something that's sideways or out of line about somebody that's like respected. I'll think about all of the insert whatever comedian that makes jokes about Donald Trump. Right. And this is the president. And so typically if a person says that the argument is, oh, well, you have to respect the office. Don't disrespect him because he still is the president. But a lot of those same people and those uh, same outlets that will comment on an average person saying that when it's a comedian or a political, another political official saying it, when it's a comedian, they're kind of given the freedom to do so. Because it's like as a as a comedian, as long as it's in a term, it's in the form of a joke, you can kind of be racy and push the edge. And so I start to think about that in terms of like her comments about Oprah. And I was like, yo, we actually did. We saw there's another example. We saw a clip. We didn't see the whole comedy sketch. So I don't know if this was, you know, tied to a previous joke or linked to a later joke, but this is her. That was her space that she gave people that at her comedy show. It came out because of people having phones and somebody recorded it and put it on social media, but she was doing that in that setting so i don't i feel like we are also missing the opportunity to kind of give her the grace of being a comedian that we give to other people do you, you see what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i i was shocked to find out that comment was in the context of a joke because i thought it was always like an isolated thing she was just saying right right and so that's why i'm like well i don't even know i feel like here's another thing that we're overlooking like we're not giving her that uh, com- the com- comedic past that we give all these other comics for all these other things that traditionally people would say is wrong, and we not we just kind of coming down on her and saying, "Yo, it's not it's not right," and you got to change up the way you do it, and you can't say that about Oprah. And you know, at the end of the day, I I ultimately believe like yo, I think Oprah's great. I think she's amazing, but I I don't think that she is free of of mistakes and faults. And so, if she did something to hurt somebody, and their way of expressing it is to just be like, yo, I don't f with her. Like I don't. Okay, you just don't f with her. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't think like she's some sacred being that you you can't say that about, right? I don't know if that sits well with me because I think that I feel like in, in watching this, I'm like, yo, I think we're missing. Not only is are we missing the opportunity to hear her out on this platform that she's been invited to tell her story on, and clearly at some point in time she stopped being able to, but I think we're missing other questions and other issues that we should be focusing beyond like Monique is a problem because we hear and see so many times how if a black woman says something, she then becomes the angry black woman. And we all are aware of the stigma of the angry black woman. We all are aware of, you know, that it's around how it impacts and how it shuts a lot of uh, women up. And so it's like, at this point we shouldn't be perpetuating that either. Like, let's think of something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's <sighs> it's just so much. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Uh hashtag chat BC. We'll be back with our toast or roast. All right, we're back with our toast or roast. Today I wanna give a toast to Taraji P. Henson for what men want. That movie was pretty good. I didn't anticipate it being yeah. good, but it was actually good. I was like, oh, I, I see you, Taraji. It's a good little storyline. It wasn't too long. It was funny at the right moments. Kept me engaged. And 
some of the, the last few movies I've been seeing, Acrimony was a lot to take in. Um, it was still, it had its moments. It wasn't as bad as people try to make it seem. But this definitely, you know, it didn't give me Tyler Perry vibes. And that's what I can appreciate. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to Taraji. Shout out to uh, Will Packer uh, for the movie. I thought it was it was good. It was good. I would give it a four out of five. Nice. I actually so I saw that movie as well, and I actually thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, did you Did you have low expectations? I had low expectations going in. Yeah. I was I, like, I don't know. It was definitely a movie that I was seeing because it was Taraji P. Henson, and I was like, it's a black person. It is uh, the concept the concept of the movie is something that we don't see black leads in all the time. So, you know, how I feel about that supporting black leads and things that are not like traditional rom-coms. So like, yeah, I was like, okay, I want to see this for that reason. Cause the concept, the concept, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be good. At all. I was expecting the one out of five and it was good. Shout out to Tarashi. Good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going to make my, I'm going to do a toast as well. Um, in light of black history month, I actually just learned of, uh, someone that I had never, I didn't know this person existed. I didn't know that this was a thing. So my toast this week, it's a black history fact. It is going to be to Mr. George Edwin Taylor. Um, he is the actual first, uh, black person, um, that is considered a political pioneer. He's the first person to run for president. Um, and he, as a candidate of the national, the national Negro Liberty party. Um, and this was in 1904. I had no idea about, uh, I never heard of this before in my life. And so it was very interesting. Um, NPR posted something. This is like what four years ago that they apparently posted something. And um, ironically enough, I was looking at a clip of The View and it was one of their their black history facts. And so I was like, whoa, who's this? I've never heard of this. And I uh, like typed in the name and, and found like an NPR article that I'll actually put out though. Cause it was really interesting. It was like something that I didn't know. And so, you know, I feel like every black history month and we say this all the time or just throughout, throughout the year, but definitely like in black history month, we should try to learn something about someone that did something that maybe is not um, a traditionally celebrated person. And so, um, yeah, learning of Mr. Taylor was pretty dope because I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. Like, I always think about when I think about a black person running for president, I always think about Shirley Chisholm um, and and her bid and that kind of being like the start. But thinking that there's somebody before that he was an actual journalist uh, that um, I believe I believe he was a uh, was he was he uh, maybe his parents was a slave. Uh, he's a son of a slave. Uh, he's, he was a, he was a journalist and then he started to get into politics and then officially decided to, uh, run for president. And so I just thought it was really dope. I always think it's dope to, to know how politically engaged and involved we've always been and fought to be. Um, and so, yeah, I'm toasting to Mr. Taylor. Um, if you guys take a moment, I'll say Mr. George Edwin Taylor, take a moment to do some research and just kind of get familiarize yourself with it. Cause I think it's dope. So that's my toast for this week. Well, dope. We're going to leave y'all with a good vibe. Today's good vibe is never be limited by other people's limit, limited imagination. Let me repeat that. Never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. That comes from Dr. Mae Jensen, the first African-American female 
astronaut, nice. which is amazing. And I could imagine that people were telling her that she couldn't be an astronaut. Right. Um, but she didn't let their limitations limit her. Yeah. And that's what we got to live past. Because, yeah. you know, people will hinder you because of their belief. They'll project their fears onto you. Jay-Z said that. Yeah. People, will, people project all the time. People project all the time. We actually was reminded of that the other day. I was in, actually yesterday, I was in an Uber with my friend. We were having this conversation. I was actually a Lyft. Our Lyft driver ended up getting into our conversation. And a part of his advice, um, <laughs> a part of his advice when we were leaving was that um, if he could encourage me to do anything, it would be to make sure that I take care of my body and lose some weight. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wait, what? I was like, bro, I wow. go to the gym like five times a week. Like, what are you talking about? So I actually, I didn't take offense to it per se, but it was one of those things that I was like, yo, bro, I have on like a big jacket. Like, it's a lot of stuff going on that you are just kind of looking and you don't really see. So I like pulled out my arm and I, I I put his hand on my arm. I was like, do you see that? That's solid. That's muscle. And he goes, well, all of that muscle on you, when you get older, it's going to be, it's going to turn into a lot of meat on you. And I was like, not if you continue to take care of your body as you're encouraging me to do. But this guy was over, overweight. So I was like, it's interesting. People have a tendency to project themselves to you. And in the, in the sense of this quote, like that is it. People are projecting their, limited imaginations and and perceived abilities on you um, to tell you what you can and can't do. And we constantly have to fight that. Because that's even people that mean well. I think the guy actually meant pretty well, but it's kind of like, bruh, you don't know. Like, you come on, bruh. <laughs> this, this is not true. This ain't it. Yeah. So, y'all, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We love having y'all here every week. Even though we can't see y'all, we hear y'all in spirit talking back to us through uh the stereo um as my friend told me she does my friend told me she in conversation with us during the conversation so i was like you know i feel you in spirit i can't hear you but I, you know <laughs> I, I believe it that you're there check out all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com you can subscribe wherever their podcast except on title because we don't know how to get on there uh it's an exclusive right. bit but everywhere else we're at just type in brunch culture you'll find us um hey subscribe and rate our show on every platform it helps uh, can you rate on other platforms or is it just itunes i, I don't want to put just, that out yeah, there i think it's just itunes okay okay well itunes rate and subscribe it helps us it encourages us too i'd love to see the when p- new people rate us on itunes i go periodically and check it brightens my day it makes me smile so make me and rundle smile by giving us a good rating now if you Jeez. got negative ratings leave that Keep we don't want yourself. it <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not helping you're not helping us um but yeah we love we love to hear from you hashtag chat bc subscribe i mean follow us on facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash brunch culture instagram at brunch culture twitter at brunch underscore culture or did i get that reverse yeah you got it reverse it's, okay uh, yeah. twitter at brunch underscore culture nope. no twitter at brunch culture instagram at brunch at brunch underscore culture okay what randall said <laughs> remember here brunch culture everything is up for discussion